Well, good morning and welcome to College Financial Ladies Ask the Expert series. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Ann Garcia. Uh, I'm a fee-only financial advisor in Portland, Oregon, and I write a blog called The College Financial Lady. As part of that, I get a lot of questions from people about areas that are not necessarily my area of expertise. And so I've been trying to bring some people in to, um, to shed some light on some of those other topics. And today I have Ethan Knight, who's the Executive Director of Gap Year Association. Ethan's also from Portland, Oregon. He's a graduate of Catlin Gable High School and Willamette University. And like me, he is a gapper. Um, Ethan's been working within the world of gap years since 1996 when he took his own gap year to India, Nepal, and Tibet. Back in those days, the only option to taking an official gap year was through the Center for Interim Programs, and that's exactly how he first heard about this strange thing called a gap year. And I will interject that when I did my gap year, there wasn't even the word gap or the phrase gap year. So there was progress. <laughs> Um, so after an inspired talk at his high school, he started a conversation with interim programs to discuss what would eventually turn into his own sojourn. He graduated from Willamette University, a small liberal arts university with majors in English and philosophy and a minor in environmental sciences. Um, immediately after graduating, he went to work for Leap Now as an intern where his passion for education and humanity really took root. With the help of a few key mentors along the way, primarily Sam Bull, Ethan eventually led programs for groups of gap year students through Latin America and Asia, finally working his way up to assistant director of the organization. After seven years at Leap Now, Ethan returned home to Portland uh, to found Carpe Diem Education. And with a unique relationship to Portland State University, a bridge was built to this idea of a gap year and a separate nonprofit gap year program created to work with lower income youth in Portland called Carpe Munde that could access credit and federal scholarships from gap years. Um, so Ethan, welcome. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks, Anne. I appreciate the opportunity. And, and I warn you, I could talk about the gap year for days. So feel free to quiet me if, if you want to get something in it. <laughs> Um, no such thing as too much talk about um, about gap years. Um, so, you know, gap years are a pretty broad topic. Let's start there. Um, you and I each did one. Ours were really different. You visited India, Nepal, and Tibet, and I went to high school in, in Germany. So given all the choices out there for gap years, um, can you talk a little bit about how a family might start to approach the topic of a gap year and identify good fits for their students? Yes, great question, great question. So, um, um, I mean, there's so uh, let's sort of qualify this that they're sort of pre-coronavirus and sort of currently in coronavirus <laughs> mode, right? So, so um, um, let's sort of focus on the coronavirus conversation because that pre-conversation, it's still relevant. It will come back, um, but certainly we've seen what I'm calling the renaissance of the gap year. Um, so I, interestingly enough, especially as people are lifting their heads to engage in a gap year right now, the desire to go international is still there, but the doors are largely closed. So, so, so as of today, sort of, uh, you know, there's not that many countries that are actually opening their doors and, and more students are, are looking at doing a domestic gap year. So, so in that renaissance of gapping, we've really seen um, um, a lot more opportunities, a lot of new programs coming online, um, um, I think there's still a bit of a dearth of programming that's not sort of inner, that's not um, um, outdoors though, because I think a lot of youth are, are eager to sort of in, invest in their own future, but um, maybe I don't want to do it with a backpack on. Maybe I want to be a little bit more, more sort of directive in my skills or interests. So first step, I would say, honestly, my, my favorite bit of advice for families is, is hop onto our website, look at, spend, and I, I literally mean this, spend no more than 45 minutes, preferably just 30 minutes and start clicking through programs. But I don't want you to even write down the name of the program. 
I want you to write down like, like, like the activities that get the student excited. Parents can do their own one because parents inevitably say like, where was this when I was a kid? So you, you can have that conversation too. The idea is to just lift your head to the options that are out there because it's really hard to make a decision about your future if you don't even know the pieces that are on the table, right? And I think it's, it's ironic because we're talking about this in the gap year space, but how true is that also for your academic and professional space? So ideally the, the, the time that you're investing in and getting clear about what are your goals? How do you want to approach the gap year? What are the outcomes? What are the skills you want to cultivate? Those become sort of the roadmap of how you build an amazing gap year because you can do it fully in a program and pay a lot of money for it. Uh, what I'm hearing is roughly half of the students that are lifting their head newly to a gap year are engaging in a full program in, in sort of this coronavirus time. And the other half are doing something totally independent, leveraging family connections, online courses, uh, uh, sort of you know, communications for skills. Um, it's incredible what people are coming up with. And so, so the, 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 the best advice is build that list out, that turns into a roadmap, and then go ahead and download our planning guide online. And that'll help you sort of coach you through the various steps. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I feel like with gap years having become so popular, there is this tendency to think of it as a gap year program versus a gap in your educational career where you do something else that hopefully leads to some personal, you know, personal growth um, experiences that you don't have an opportunity to have as you're just sort of you know, keeping to push the hamster wheel forward, so to speak. Exactly. I mean, I think it's it's a common misconception that, that the gap year is a program. And, and when it has that conception, it also sort of, people look at the cost and, they, and sort of it looks expensive. And there are, again, there are those programs. But I like to think about a gap year far more helpfully as a recipe. Um, I happily am a pretty bad chef, so there's only four ingredients in my recipe list. <laughs> and, and real roughly, those are, those are number one, volunteering and, and sort of internship, or volunteering and, and sort of uh, uh, service learning, something like that. Um, I, I like to think about that as cultivating empathy, recognizing that we live in a more interdependent world than we ever have before. So, so, so knowing your neighbors and caring about them, like that will come back to roost, right? Um, um, two is some amount of career exploration or an internship. Thinking about that as tantamount to trying before you buy. There's a reason why students accelerate through their college degree with better GPAs, better times to graduation, and ultimately better satisfaction of their careers. And ultimately, no doubt, that's because it's grounded in the experience of what is that career going to be. Sort of classic example, I'm a marine biology major, I want to be a marine biology major. Um, but my freshman year is prereqs, my sophomore year I'm getting into the content. It's not until my junior year oftentimes that I'm doing an internship and really understanding what the work of that profession is. But now you're two and a half, maybe three years into your degree starting over, that's a really big expense. It would be way better to understand what that is up front. Three is some amount of paid work. I like to emphasize that because it doesn't have to be a very expensive thing. And we all know that humans, no matter what your, your level of means, we all do better if we invest in our own outcomes. So students, like, like even if you have sort of no need to go fundraise, go get a job, earn some money and invest in your gap year because you're gonna reap more from it. And then four, like again, this is a short recipe list. Four is really just about a free radical. It's about not overstructuring your time. Um, the idea is that what you love to do could be what your career is and what you get paid to do. And so if you sort of walk in with too tight sort of, of a schedule, you might be leaving gold on the table because there's this incredible opportunity that you just don't have the time to explore.
that's a, that's a great point. I mean, when I when I reflect on the really formative experiences of my life, no matter how short a list of, you know, whether it's top five, top three, top one, um, my my gap year is really is really it as far as you know formative experiences in in my life. It informed my college choice. It created my career path. You know, in a roundabout way, it even led me to meeting my husband. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so it's nice to hear some some really specific things about how to how to make the most of it. Because for me, it was just sort of stepping off the ledge and deciding I, I wasn't ready to go to college right out of um, okay. right right out of high school. Okay. So you mentioned some paid work and um, and you know lots of different opportunities um, for how to structure um, a gap year. Given how much college already costs, how financially accessible is a gap year? really, um, yeah. you know, particularly when you're talking about families who are already planning to borrow for college, you know, to add an additional potential expense on top and, you know, are there scholarships, financial aid? Um, Great question. Great question. Yeah. So um, um, here's the thing is, I mean, it's funny because when Malia Obama first announced about the gap year, right, this was when we, it was, I mean, we were running our conference in Boston. Um, NPR sent their national correspondent out to us because we were in Boston. Harvard was giving a lecture as our keynote. It was it was as dreamy as you could have imagined it all being. But there was sort of that was a double-edged sword for us because on one front it was like, well, gosh, if it's good enough for the president's daughter, like maybe it's good enough for us. Awesome. On the other front, like talk about sort of the height of elite. Um, um, so it, it cut both ways for us. And so I think it's really important for us to emphasize that a gap year is accessible to everyone, no matter what your means. And again, thinking about it as a recipe rather than a program opens up a lot of sort of conceptual doors. So just to give you a, a sort of a little bit of a, of a roadmap here, um, um, last year organizations gave away about four or five million dollars in needs-based aid to students to take a gap year. Um, gap year programs can cost as much as $55,000 to travel around the globe over a full nine months or you can do an AmeriCorps experience that will pay you a cost, like a, a living wage at poverty level, but a living wage for your entire 10-month um, 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 period with, with uh, City Year, for instance, AmeriCorps being one of, you know, AmeriCorps being sort of the parent organization of City Year, and there's a variety of other types of, of this endeavor. But then at the end of it, you also get $6,000 towards your educational award at the end. So, so like, and, and the cohorts that are built, the structures that are implemented, and, and the staff that support the students, it's it's top notch, except it's just federally organized. It's not international, and it's much more service locally, domestically oriented. Um, so that's sort of the, the the topical aspect of of sort of thinking about this. I will also say that that when I took my gap year, I worked for a summer. When I traveled, I traveled overseas, and the and the the value of the dollar that differential was so powerful and still is depending on where you sort of can travel if you can travel eventually <laughs> um that over the over my seven months overseas i spent seven months overseas i spent three thousand dollars over that seven months which is sort of very cheap and then um came back and picked up work locally here in, in portland for five months at the nike retail store um and made back two thousand dollars in excess of what i spent so my gap year was actually cash positive i netted two thousand dollars by the time i was done with it um, and so that's all sort of the front end of stuff. Now, here's the interesting thing is a lot of gap year programs are opening the doors to college credit. And with college credit opens the door to access to 529 funds. Mm -hmm. It also opens the door to shortening because if you, if you can bank one semester of a four-year degree, hypothetically, in many cases, students are able to overall reduce the amount of time that it takes to get that bachelor's degree. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then interestingly enough, a lot of colleges are offering scholarships to students who have taken a gap year because they know that they're going to perform better. They're going to be a better sort of like galvanizing force for the campus. Um, and they're going to skew all of the metrics in the college more positively. So one of my favorite bits of advice is if a student gets into school, they, they defer to take a gap year. That's still our best bit of advice. Um, um, and then at the end of your gap year, ask for a reassessment of your financial aid package. Because if you can articulate well what you did on your gap year and how that benefited you, inevitably the college is going to say, well, you know, like that person, they're going to make us look really good. And they're probably getting a lot of other offers from schools now because they've got a great bio now. Maybe we should offer them more to come to our school. And it doesn't always work out that way. But generally speaking, there, there is more needs-based aid um, and merit-based aid for students who have taken a gap year. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had never heard of this before, but at my daughter's college, apparently it's very common that students are accepted, but required to take a gap year. Cool. So, What's the school? So, I want to know. I need to talk uh, to them. University of Chicago. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Has a number of friends who, um, who took a gap year and I was like, oh, that's so cool that people are so interested in gap years. She's like, no, they got admitted, but we're told they <laughs> that they couldn't enroll for a year. That's okay. So, so, so Harvard's admissions letter. Um, um, I've never personally received one, but um, I've seen them. Um, Harvard's admissions letter, it, it, it fundamentally says the same thing. It's like, congratulations, you got into Harvard. Now go consider taking a gap year. Because um, they know that students love them. They come back so much better prepared for the academic environment. I mean, like, it's funny, one of parents' chief concerns is that, is that sort of this, this notion of like academic atrophy, right? Like, if I don't use my brain, I'm just going to turn to mush and be lazy. And it turns out that we've got three different or three different um, um, colleges that have tracked this in a statistically significant way, and they're finding that yeah, uh, students' GPAs overperform if they've taken a gap year. They, they they skew favorably, like like to the tune of like at UNC Chapel Hill, which has a a very low acceptance rate. Um, something like I want to say it's like 0.15, no 0.45 better in GPA. So that's imagining someone who's a 3.0 now is there a 3.45. Um, um, and they can draw that back to the gap year as the genesis, which I think is really cool. I'm a bit of a nerd for that stuff too, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, well, I mean, it makes sense if you, you know, if you're a parent of a uh, person of approximately that age, there's a big difference between, you know, 17, 18, 19. <clears throat> Very true. You know, not to mention the, the life experiences um, that they get, you know, picking up their own room and doing their own laundry and... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so, so here's, here's, here's the running joke in our field is, um, um, and this is, it's tongue in cheek, of course, but um, it's basically that most students take a gap year. It's just called their freshman year. And, and from our perspective, sort of, we want it to be an educationally driven sort of outcomes oriented gap year. That gap year that we're joking about is more sort of the putative freshman year where it's sort of, you know, more social, less academic, more sort of engaging in the party culture, um, um, sort of, you know, testing the electric fences, if you will. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, there's so much learning that you do in anything you do. I mean, for me, one of the really fascinating things that I learned living in another country was what, what it's like to be a person who speaks with an accent. Yep. Um, which is something we as Americans encounter every day and we tend to be kind of jerks about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
but it's funny. I mean, you know, having the shoe on the other foot was. It's incredible. It's, it's, um, so the, one of the sort of the, the larger ways I talk about this is a large part of what we're doing is really just experimenting with all of the different ways to do this thing we call life. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, I think every parent wants their kid to be successful, right? But here's the challenge is, is what does success mean? Um, most of us take our definitions from peers, from the media, from, um, um, from, from our schoolmates, whatever it is. But, but how could you possibly live someone else's definition of success well? I, I, you can't. It, like, like, we need to take the time to figure out what that is for us. So if you drive a BMW, more power to you. I just want you to do it because it's important to you, not because it makes you look better for some other aim, right? Like, like the money isn't the end of itself. It's sort of the life that the money affords is the end of itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great point. So... COVID has changed a lot of college plans and, you know, you touched on the, uh, <laughs> um, the, you know, the lack of travel. It seems like, you know, there's big talk about a lot of students putting off this year of school, deferring and whatnot. Um, and I would imagine there's a huge increase in demand for gap year opportunities coupled with a huge decrease in opportunities for um for gap year opportunity. So, you know, what does that landscape look like right now? Good question. I'll tell you today and tomorrow it'll be different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's the world we live in. You know, we're all adjusting course um, and staying nimble. And I think that's just sort of what it takes. Yeah. So, so um, broadly speaking, so uh, uh, here's a great example. There's an organization called City Year. Uh, They're one of the AmeriCorps groups. Um, What they do is you go to sort of work in an impoverished community as an assistant to the local teacher. Um, their cohorts in Los Angeles normally take 300 students, and this year they're only doing 200. So interestingly enough, what we're seeing is an increase in the number of programs that are available, but a reduction in in each one of those programs' capacity. And that's within the domestic space, right? Um, Internationally, we're definitely seeing that dry up quite a lot. So, So the countries that as of today are sort of operating for U.S. students um, um, for instance, Costa Rica just announced that, that EU, Canada is able to come in, but U.S. citizens are not because we've got such a poor record with COVID sort of management. Um, but the countries that are, are open, interestingly enough, Jamaica, um, uh, Ireland, France, and Israel, all four of them have active sort of U.S. students that are there right now. Um, and not surprisingly, many of these programs are already at a wait list. And so that's the challenge. Knowles, one of the classic outdoor gap year organizations, along with Outward Bound, largely speaking, their falls, they've reduced the number of programs um, um, because we're all having to contend with quarantines and all of those kinds of things, just manage these things. These things take a lot more time. But their falls, they're, they're, they're full and at wait lists. Their spring of 21 is also full and at wait lists. And so we're trying to do our best to uh, uh, keep people informed about what organizations are doing. We have a couple web pages up on our website just to highlight, you know, is it online? Is it in person? Is it hybrid? Or are they fully canceled? Some organizations have just fully canceled their programming through the fall. Um, um, other organizations are, are sort of trying to figure out wherever they can offer. And, and there's some really innovative programs coming online. Um, um, one of my favorites is an organization called Historicorps, going in to restore sort of, you know, uh, um, sort of dilapidated historic monuments, which I just think sounds awesome. 
um, and you're doing with a sort of a broad spectrum of other volunteers. You know, cool things to do out there. Excellent, excellent. Well, I don't want to take too much of your day. Are there other things that about gap years that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that people? Yeah, it's it's sort of it's it's the catch-all question, and it's such a great one. Um, um, I guess here's my major thing is is we did an informal survey and found that half of the students who were presented with a gap year option chose to take one. And to me, what that says is there's a lot of there there, if you catch my drift. There's a lot of interest and there's a lot of like, I think if you're, if you're a young person looking out at the world right now, you're looking out at a world that looks unstable, sort of the future is uncertain. You know, I, like one of my running jokes is, is the whole world's on a gap year. It seems like a great time to take one yourself. <laughs> Who knows what the economy is gonna look like on the other side of this. You know, gap year sounds better than Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, it'd be a great opportunity to go out and get some extra um, perspective before you lift your head to a career and, and finishing that degree. Um, um, I just want more people to do it because I've seen the benefits of it. No matter what your financial means, there's an opportunity for you to do it. So, so, so start engaging with it. Start kicking the tires. If you haven't already, two, two things I want to throw out just to close. One is um, um, uh, hit up some gap year consultants. We have a list on our webpage. Um, they're a great resource. They usually do a free intake that actually shows like these are five options you can do just to get you thinking about it. You don't even have to follow up with it. And then the other is there's a, a couple of really cool student run groups for the students that are out there because the peer to peer conversation is way better than any adult to, to, to student conversation. And these are free resources. You can just ping another student who's gone there before and say, hey, like, what did you do? What was it like? How did you navigate the conversation with your parents? Two to, two to flag, gapyearly.com is one, and then the other one is covidgapyears.com. These are purely student-run, no adults in the room, and I think that's part of the power of them. Right, and I'll include links to those in the, um, in the bio on, on this as, as well. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, COVID, yeah. uh, well, No, I was just, uh, you know, this just, uh, just makes me think, you know, it's, Kids now, with, with the cost of college being so high, you know, <clears throat> kids are really forced to choose a career track to some degree when they're 16 or 17 years old, right? If you want to be an engineer, you have to get an engineering degree. If you right. want to be in medicine, you need to be in a pre-med track. If you want to be in business, you know, the curriculum's very structured. Um, and, and, and so to me, like one of the really wonderful things about my gap year was that it let me take a step back and see more of what was out there before I was forced into a choice about what I, you know, what I wanted my, my path to be. And granted, when I went to college, it was a lot, a lot lower stakes for, you know, getting done in four years and, um, um, you know, having to choose a major that uh, made my parents happy. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, that is necessarily the case today, but I, I really feel like, um, you know, a gap year can be a, a really wonderful way to inform your long-term plans um, and, and not just get the most out of a post-high school year, but potentially get a whole lot more out of your college experience. Absolutely. So earlier you had talked about sort of, you know, being a 17 and 18 and 19 year old. And, and to be honest, when Harvard sends that letter, congratulations, you got in, go consider taking a gap year. Internally, Harvard recognizes that, that 
frankly, an early 20-year-old is probably the best suited to be able to maximize the learning of a college sort of process of your college years. And, and truthfully, like, I mean, I, I think most of us in most, well, I can certainly speak for myself. If I were to do college again, I would do it much differently than I did back then. Um, you know, I was just sort of doing what was handed out in front of me and sort of learning as I go and, you know, testing fences as I did. But if I had had more perspective, I think I could have taken a lot more value out of those four years. And they're very expensive years these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ethan, tell us your website again. Sure. It's the gapyearassociation.org is our website. Um, um, come visit it. It's a, we're a membership nonprofit. So um, please make a donation if you find our, our resources valuable. Um, and otherwise, consider joining as a member. Thanks for doing this, Anne. I appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent. Thank you for, for coming on.